from Las Vegas. It's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, I'm going to spend extended time talking with our friend Adam Trigger about this week's NFL card, how to bet the NFL, what stats we should be paying attention to, lessons learned, handicapping skills versus betting skills, bet on and bet against teams, over teams, under teams, and yeah, Trigger will give you a free play as well. So (laughs) make sure you stick around over the course of the next hour. Here in the open, I want to talk about handicapping skills versus betting skills. Look, Thursday night, Bucks versus the Cowboys. On Thursday night, everybody wants action. All right. I played Tampa Bay minus six and a half over the summer. Now it's game day and everyone's laying nine with Tampa Bay. When it comes to teasers, I put the Bucks in a teaser at minus one and a half fairly early. You bet them later, you put them in your teaser at minus two and a half. Oops. <laughs> they end up winning the game by two. We spend a ton of time, not just on this show, on just about any handicapping show you're going to listen to. Talking about who's going to win, why they're going to win, who's going to cover, why they're going to cover. It's all about handicapping skills. The reality is that if you want to make a profit betting on sports, handicapping is only one piece of the equation. Betting skills are the other piece of the equation. How did I lay six and a half with the buck? Simple. When the line opened, I said, there's only one direction this line can move. All right. It's not going to be Dallas money coming in against the defending Super Bowl chance on the Thursday night opener. Open six and a half. Boom. You put it in your pocket right there. And then you say, I'll figure out what to do with it later. I didn't end up losing money on the buck because my whole thought process coming to the game is after Tampa scores a first touchdown, Tampa takes the first lead, I'm going to play back on Dallas. I put Dallas plus 12 in my pocket in-game. Easy enough to do. That's betting skills. Has nothing to do with handicapping. Has nothing to do with your predictive ability or... I mean, we talk about handicapping skills. What does that really mean? Well, you're talking about... Spots, that's a big one. Are you going to get a team's A game this week? Or maybe not so much. Did a good team have a bad performance last week and this is their week to step up? Is this team fat and happy because they just knocked off somebody good? Is this a sandwich spot? Is it a step-up spot? Certainly spots are a big part of handicapping skills. So are matchups. Boy, this team's got wide receivers that can make plays. Oh, no, the other team's got cluster injuries in their secondary they're going to have backup cornerbacks. Boom. Matchup favors the team that can throw the football. Oh, this offensive line has been problematic. The opposing team's defensive line blows up the line of scrimmage. It's a really good unit. You know, who wins the battle of the line of scrimmage? Those are matchups. And spots, matchups, both fall into the handicapping skills category. Angles and trends. And there's some good long-term angles, some good long-term trends. I'm not so much for team-specific type of stuff. But I'm always interested in coach-specific angles and trends. And I'm certainly interested in league-wide angles and trends. And those, too, fall into the handicapping skills portion of the equation. What's betting skills? I'll tell you what. (laughs) Number one, you can't read about it in a book. Number two, you can't listen to it on a podcast. The only way to learn betting skills is to bet. And it's to bet 
not just once in a while, <laughs> as you're betting week in, week out. And I know there are so many new bettors out there. You know, now that we have legalized sports betting in, what, almost half the states now, and it's only moving in one direction. You know, I saw a poll the other day that said that something like 35% of males, 34%, I think it was, uh, of males aged 18 or maybe it was 21 to 65 plan on betting on an NFL game this year. That's huge. There's going to be a lot of new bettors in this marketplace this year. And the only way to learn these betting skills is to bet. You know, we talk about betting skills. What does that mean? You know, we talk about what handicapping skills mean. Spots and matchups and angles and trends. And, you know, the coaching tendencies. All that stuff goes into the handicapping piece of the equation. How good the teams are goes into the handicapping piece of the equation. The betting skills is how do I bet this the best way to make the most possible money. And for the majority of recreational bettors, it means let's stick everything into a parlay and hope I hit one or two of them. <laughs> yeah. For serious bettors, when it comes to betting skills, that means when you see a line open and it can only move in one direction, you bet it. doesn't matter if you have an opinion on the game. You can worry about your opinions later. What you're looking for when it comes to betting skills is how to make the best bets that are going to be out there. Tampa minus 6.5 wasn't going to be there. Couldn't hold. It lost. Losing bet. But it's still a positive expectation wager, being that the Bucks went off at minus 9. When you look uh, over the course uh, of a week, lines come up Sunday night for the following weekend's games. You have all week to think about it. But if you're utilizing your betting skills... You're going to make some bets Sunday night slash Monday morning. You're going to bet some bets midweek. You're going to bet some bets, make some bets right before kickoff. The following weekend, when the lines have been out for a week already. And the ability to make good decisions with bets. I've been doing this 24 years. I still make bad bets sometimes. I still get frustrated because I'm not 100% on my betting skills. But you want to be close. <laughs> and you certainly want to be making bets where you get the best of the number. And your buddies, well, they'll go, how did you get six and a half? We'll be right back. Covering continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And I'm excited to bring in my next guest. His first appearance on Cover It with Teddy Covers. That's at Top Flight SI on Twitter. Adam Trigger. Trigger! Welcome to the program, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing great, Teddy. How about yourself? Well, I got no complaints, although it's early. We'll see how I feel by the end of the day. Saturdays and Sundays, both. Very long days. You know, when we talk about weekends off, <laughs> not as a handicapper, you don't get weekends off. So uh, it's yeah, going to be a at, long at least, weekend. Um, I was going to say, at least at least not at this time of year. Maybe, maybe over the summer, not too bad. You know, I, I had a couple of vacations over the summer, but, you know, now it's all business probably until about, I don't know, April or May. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, but... If you're taking a vacation over the summer, it means you're not doing baseball justice. Okay, so yep. if you're taking weekends yep. off, 
You know, I mean, I, 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 you have to take a break, okay? You can't do this year-round, 365, because it is a seven-day-a-week job. It's not the type of job, Absolutely. oh, I got a couple of days off, let's go do this, let's go do that. It doesn't work. And certainly you don't get your weekends off, but um, when it comes to the, like, oh, I got a weekend off, I'll take a weekend off next summer. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's just uh, how it works. So I want to start with it. I want to start with your superhero origin story. You know, who is Adam Trigger and why should anyone care what you have to say about betting the NFL? How'd you get into this crazy business? Where'd you get the nickname? Um, tell me about Trigger. All right. So first off, Adam Trigger is my real name. Is it Trigger really? Is my a- Trigger is my actual last name. Yes. Cool. It is, um, <laughs> if you want a if you want a little origin story. Um, my great great grandfather came here from Italy late 1800s, and his last the his name was Nicola Tricarico, and he basically we my aunt is big into genealogy, and so she like researched all of this and found that he he used Tricarico and Trigger basically interchangeably. He'd use Tricarico when he was with his community, like the Italian community, and then Trigger just because it was um, he worked in like a foundry. And it was easier for people to understand. And so it looks like the next generation just kept trigger. And, and it's obviously been that for generations since. So, yeah, that is my given. That's on my birth certificate. But it is an Italian last name. I'm, I'm Italian. Oh, that's, so. that's funny. Because, because, like, Teddy Covers is not my real name. My last name is Shabransky, <laughs> you know. And I came out here. The first site, the first website I was on was called WhoCovers.com. And they started... Uh, and a buddy that started calling me, oh, Teddy Covers, Teddy Covers. And I thank him to this day. <laughs> I'm like, that's, <laughs> it's been a good nickname for me. Uh, and Savransky does not roll off the tongue. Trigger does, however. Now, <laughs> let me ask you this. I know that you're a guy that went to Siena College in the, what, late aughts and, and graduated, what, 2008 or so. And then yep. you gradually got, like, found your way into the sports betting business. What happened? How'd you get here? Sure. So, I mean, when I was in college, we, I would bet the games with my friends. We had two houses next to each other. It was eight, eight guys in one, eight guys in the other. We were all friends, and our, our weekend sort of consisted of, you know, just, just betting the games like just a, a lot of people do. Um, when I graduated, I took a, a job with an insurance company, um, and then I ended up as a project manager for a different company. I just, I, I just really didn't like going to work every day. Uh, so I started to, I did, I have a writing degree from Siena. I have a business degree and a writing degree. And I figured I would put my like writing degree to use. Uh, I, someone hired me to do like analysis for their website and it was like a sports betting, um, website. And so all of the game analysis was geared toward, uh, giving out a, a pick betting, you know, against the, against the spread and whatnot. And so I was doing these write-ups for a couple of years really wasn't making I was really just making like pocket change it was something I just did for fun on the side and I I met someone at Saratoga racetrack so I was living in Saratoga Springs at the time I was at the track and I met a guy that had been in this business since like the late 80s like he was one of those guys in the 90s that probably had like the 1900 number uh um, sure. you know just been around forever and I showed him like what I was doing and he basically just said you know you're, the work you're doing for this person is like pretty good. You should just be doing this for yourself. And at the time, I was just, I didn't like my job. I, I knew I wanted to change. So I actually started, so Top Plate Sports, I started with a friend of mine, uh, 2013. 
and we, you know, we kind of did it together for a year or two. He ended up deciding he was going to open up a gym, which is fine. I just, you know, but I really enjoyed doing the, you know, selling the picks and, and doing the, the sports handicapping. So when he left to go do his thing, we had sort of built up a nice little client base. And now I was doing all the work by myself. So I was getting twice the, you know, I was went from splitting the money to getting it myself. And I said, you know what, I can probably live off of this. And I, I quit my job as project manager. I basically just, you know, started to pick up some side work until I had enough of a, a presence and client base to, uh, you know, to, to basically live. And, you know, I've been doing it ever since. Um, well, I know that last year, here. Adam, you know, last year you had a real good NFL season. And last year was not an easy year in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination. I know you've been doing this for a few years now. You, you know, I have a tendency to have a bunch of old guys on this show. So when I have the opportunity to get a younger guy, someone in their 20s or 30s on, I'll take them in a New York Minute because I think a lot of the audience is going to relate uh, to a young guy who's been in this business, hasn't been in the business for 20 years like I have, but has found their way and found their path in <laughs> relatively recent years. And then last year you killed it in the NFL. You had a real good season. Talk about what you did last year and, and what do you attribute your success uh, to how'd you finish the season? So yeah, NFL was awesome last year. Um, I went 47 and 31. I don't have the actual units in front of me, but it was somewhere in the 46 or 47 unit range. Uh, I think last year, um, patience was probably my biggest, um, you know, sort of attribute, the attribute I attribute most to my success, because I really think you had to like pivot from, you know, locking stuff in early in the week to trying to figure out, you know, was, was your team going to have a full complement of players on Sunday due to COVID? And I just, I, I started not sort of committing to stuff as early in the week because it was, as you know, it was very difficult to get information last year or just, just from the, for the fear of, you know, having a situation like we had in Denver where, you know, let's say you took the Broncos plus six and now all of a sudden, they have a they have a COVID spike, and now they're laying two touchdowns. Um, so I just think sort of waiting worked for me, um, and I just think it was uh, you know I try to evaluate the market and know what's you know do my best to know what's sharp and not play into sharp moves. Um, and I just think that I had a, a good year of of really evaluating the market. It, it seemed to me like it was more that that information was more was better in the NFL like than, for, for, let's say, college. It seemed like every time you beat a number in college, the game got canceled last year. So it was just, I, I guess I, I would sort of attribute those two things to having a, a good NFL season. And then I just I had a really good playoffs. I, I hit pretty much everything in, in the NFL playoffs, so that was a nice sort of cap to the season. Well, yeah, your clients always like it uh, when you win in the postseason. They like it when you win yep. in the regular season. They like it when you have a, a, a good year overall. And, uh, I want to ask you this at Top Flight SI. SI, I'm always thinking of Sports Illustrated. Explain the uh, explain the Twitter handle. We have about uh, 30 seconds for the break. Yeah. So when I when I started this in 2013 with my partner, we were we're both soccer fans, and and the Top Flight in is thrown around big time in European soccer as like it's like the top league, like the Premier League. And then so the SI was just sports information, and then. You know, I shortened it to Twitter to top flight SI, and it's been that ever since. <laughs> Sports information. Now I get it. Of course, uh, you can follow Adam on Twitter 
at Top Flight SI. Follow SportsGrid on Twitter at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. Follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And when we come back from this short break, Adam and I are going to talk about being a younger guy in the business and beating the NFL in 2021. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here on SiriusXM, channel 204, the SportsGrid radio network. We're talking with Adam Trigger, and that's his real last name, about how to pull the trigger on the NFL. And before we start getting into some of the lessons we've learned about the NFL, uh, some NFL theory, and of course some bet on, bet against teams that we're looking at this year in the NFL, I want to talk about you being a younger guy in an industry with lots of older guys. How does your youth help you, and what can you still learn from old guys like me? Yeah, well, I wonder, so I, I do think people think I'm younger than I actually am sometimes. So I turned 35 in July. Um, so, and I'll say this, like being, being young is hard. Like I got crushed when I was in my early twenties. It, it yep. took a, it took a long time to, to, it took me, I mean, if I started actually really betting when I was 18, it probably took me a decade to figure out how to not lose. And then yep. another year or two to figure out how to actually win. And so I think the biggest thing for me, and I think the biggest thing for any sports better, I would say is, you know, just, you can't have an ego. And I just have surrounded myself with people that are older than me and and smarter than me, you know, or have not not so much, I guess I'll just say maybe not smarter is, is probably not the right term, but it's just like, they've been around longer. They've, they've also probably made the mistakes. They, they have, relationships that they've benefited from that maybe you could potentially benefit from. So like the, the way, in addition to just being able to analyze the market and handicap games, really you need to kind of build a, a network of people that you trust that, you know, get good information that you can share information with. I, I think that's like arguably the biggest key to really beating, you know, the books. It's really hard to do it by yourself. Um, but if you're if if you're sort of part of, of something bigger and, and you cultivate those relationships that, you know, what you give out is going to come back to you. And, and it's it, that's, I think, been the biggest thing for me in terms of, like, helping me beat the, the, the books. One of the things I find, I mean, I, I find I do less collaboration now than I used to. You know, when my, my first 10 years in the business, I used to collaborate a lot. And it made sense. You know, you're still defining your ideas, you know. You talked about your origin story, how you used to lose your ass. I mean, my origin story starts with a disaster, an absolute <laughs> abject betting disaster that put me, you know, I worked, for, you know, the first two months of the 19 year, 1996, and paid it all to my bookie uh, after the 95 bowl season. And that was the start, you know, that's the beginning of the Teddy Covers origin story is right there. Uh, if you're going to do this, do it seriously and stop screwing around. Um one of the things that, for me at least, that you know, talk about lessons learned over the years, it's about ha- handling the highs and lows. You know, the the first 
five years in Vegas. The highs are so high. You have a big weekend. Yeah, let's go play craps. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you, know? uh, you have a rotten weekend. Oh, my God, my life is over. No one's ever going to want to hear anything I have to say again. I'm broke, you know. And the highs and lows is a better, very difficult to deal with early on. The longer you do this, sometimes the easier that gets. Mm -hmm. Tell me some of the lessons you've learned about beating the NFL over the last uh, five years, let's say. Give me one or two tidbits. Uh, you know, again, we have so many newbies listening on the show. What can we help them with when it comes to beating the National Football League? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Teddy, you said it. Like man managing the highs and lows is, is an absolute key. You know, I, I don't think I've ever met a, a pro better that, that doesn't have a horror story from early in their career. And I think what the, the pros do that amateur betters don't is uh, just mitigate damage, right? Like they just manage a, a losing run. So it's not a complete, you know, disaster run, which you see some, some novice betters have sometimes because they just haven't experienced that before in specifically beating the NFL. I mean, it's a pretty sharp market. The NFL is not easy to beat. I would say, things that I, I know that you just if you're you're not going to beat the NFL if you do and this is probably in general um like parlays so and I, I pointed out specifically with the NFL because the NFL does us no favors at sports betters with the way they schedule games um you know 1 p.m eastern so it's 10 o'clock on the west coast for you guys 10 games it's like you know that that can be difficult for someone that doesn't have the appropriate bankroll and then rather than just paring down or picking the game or a couple games you see guys do if bets parlays and those are just going to get you into trouble they, they the, the math on them is going to going to probably make you a loser long term um and then of course you know anything other than a long teaser you know never tease totals don't ever tease games that aren't cutting through the key numbers of three and seven and if you've only, you know, if you've only got one of those sides, if you only have one side that fits, don't just go grab another one to make a teaser. You know, you're probably better off just just sitting that out. And then the thing for me that used to get me when I was when I was uh, younger, um, you don't have to bet the primetime games, and you really shouldn't chase in the primetime games. So it's like if the Monday night football game wasn't good enough, didn't make your card on Thursday when you were looking at all the games. Like, it, it still probably shouldn't be a bet on Monday. And I think that it's easy to be like, okay, I went, you know, I went one and two or, or two and three at whatever your volume is on like a Sunday. And then you've got the Sunday night game sitting there. It's like, it's easy to want to bet that game. And it, it, it can just like compound your losses. So I would just, those, that, that would be kind of my advice in terms of, you know, mitigating damage betting the NFL. Sure. <laughs> Mitigate the damage. And, you know, all that. Uh, there's not a piece of advice there that I disagree with in any way, shape, or form. And I know certainly, you know, uh, we, we parlay better is the concept. You know, you're trying to bet a little to win a lot. Yeah. Um, let, let me add one more to that, okay? Because when you talk about, like, really important things to know is that you have to be able to accept a small loss or a small win. And I know that a lot of betters out there they either want to have a huge day or get buried, you know. <laughs> uh, and it, it really feels that way. And all right, yeah, uh, lost half a unit today. Oh, well, you better get something on Sunday night game. No, walk away. You lost half a unit. So be it. Oh yeah, I yeah. broke even today. Oh, we got to get something on Monday night. No, we broke even. We'll fight again next week, you know. So the the ability, the small wins and the small losses, 
or even the medium-sized wins and losses, mm-hmm. especially losses. Uh, you know, sometimes they happen, and you have to take them as opposed to chasing them. Um, yeah, and I'll throw I'll throw one more thing in real quick because I I'm hoping that with sports betting being legal state to state, it starts to eliminate this a little bit. But the the betting through locals and the whole concept of like a betting week, like having like being like Monday to Sunday, I think really like can can hinder sports betters. You know, if you, you, Teddy, you're out in Las Vegas, so you have the you probably haven't had to deal with this much, but you kind of just have your accounts and whatnot, and it's, you know, it, there's no, like, settle date, right? You're not, like, settling with a local. But that can really derail. I've seen it so many times where guys are playing on, like, a Monday to Sunday, and then Sunday night rolls around, and, it, and, and right, like you were saying, like, you need to, sometimes you got to pay the guy, right? Like, sometimes you have to accept that it's a losing week, and then you might get him next week, not you know, go into that Sunday night game and looking at it like this is my get out chance and now all of a sudden you you doubled your loss for the week. So that's like I'm hoping that with sports betting becoming legal in almost every jurisdiction that people start to not fall into that because that's a really easy to a really easy trap to fall into if you're playing on like a Monday to Sunday type uh setup. That's a great point. I know that you know what back when I was a bookie uh, in Ann Arbor uh, you know, Tuesday Tuesday was payday, and Monday night was always a whole lot of double or nothings. Sure, yeah, <laughs> and that's just the way that it worked. Um, and the reality is that that's not the way to bet profitably over the long right. term. We got caught just a couple minutes here before the break. I want to ask you a little bit of NFL theory right now. Give me a couple of rules for beginning NFL betters, knowing full well that rules are made to be broken. Uh, you've given up some really good advice here. Uh, on some of the lessons you've learned, you got any rules that people need to be aware of? Um, so I think I, I the rules I, I probably just kind of um, I, I just went over with the you know obviously stay out of stay out don't tease totals and, and, and stuff like that. But um, and then with the no parlays, no if bets. But for in terms of like rules. I hold myself to, you know, I try to, I try to really limit the number of games I play in a given week. I think I'm a less is more type better. So the way I look at it, every, every bet I make in my lifetime is a a chance that the guy to get minus one, get plus one ten against me, basically. Um, So if you're, you know, that's like the biggest, it's hard because, you know, I know people will bet higher volumes and, and whatnot, but if you're betting like volume, that is that many more times over your lifetime where you are going to be at a, a disadvantage to the person you're betting against who's, who's essentially getting plus 110 on you every time you make a bet. So sure. I just. You're laying you know, 11. <laughs> you're exactly. laying 11 to win 10. Therefore, <laughs> yeah. A, a loser avoiding a loser is more profitable in theory. Exactly. Than so if you can if, if you can pair if you can pair your you know card down because you see a lot of beginning betters oftentimes it's hard for them to get off something they like right. So if there's if they're listening to someone like let's say Teddy you or you and I are talking and we we go through every game and we give out an opinion on every game and then maybe they they heard they did their research and something they looked up said falcons and and this other place you know like the uh the jets and stuff like that 
a lot of times like the novice better in my opinion or what i've seen will get to sunday and it's like they'll have 10 nfl bets and if you do that long enough you're just going to get eaten up by you know paying 11 to win 10. so it's really no argument not, here no so argument you're preaching the choir on that one adam trigger yeah. we'll have more discussion including bet on <laughs> bet against over teams and under teams after the break coverage continues SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204. We are talking NFL with Adam Trigger at Top Flight SI on Twitter. That's SI for sports information, not Sports Illustrated. I got it wrong. I got everything wrong with Adam today. But And Trigger, of course, is the guy's real last name. So he knows how to pull the trigger uh, on these NFL games. Let's get into it. All right. Here we are. It's the start of the season. And I want some bettable opinions from you off your monster year last year. Give me a bettable opinion for the AFC East. A bet on team, a bet against team, an over team, an under team. What are you going to do in this division? Yeah, this. so I, I don't play a ton of futures uh, in the NFL, but I did play a couple. And, and any, any spot where I had a future bet, I'll, I'll point it out. So this is funny, Teddy. We have a, we have a group chat, some of, some of my you know, friends in the industry. I'm sure you know all of them. Um, but in this particular one, it's Drew Martin, Kelly Stewart, Chris Thurston, uh, Drew, Chris, and I do a show, uh, you know, weekly. And, um, we have a little bit of a split here. Um, Drew, uh, Chris loves the Patriots over nine and Drew piggybacked that and said he loved it too. Kelly likes it under. And then one of our other friends in the chat went, went under. So they, they all are head to head on this with each other. And I was at. So I live right next to a casino in Schenectady. I live right next to a Bet Rivers, uh, which is nice. I can literally walk to the sports books. It's a three-minute walk. Uh, and I, I finally broke the tie for our friend group. And I went over. Not, I, I felt like I got a little bit of a rogue number. There was still an over nine with, like, reasonable juice at Bet Rivers on uh, Tuesday night. And so I took over nine with the Patriots. Uh, but I do, I do think the Patriots are going to be better than people think. They're really deep defensively. Uh, I actually think Mac Jones is, is potentially a better option than Cam. Um, they they went out and spent money this past offseason for the first time in that I can remember, where they actually went and, and, and spent some money. Johnny Smith is is a great addition, and that really the, uh, I like the defensive addition specifically. Matt Judon I think is going to be like a real difference maker defensively for them, uh, and it's also a really deep defense. So. Patriots over nine. Remember, we're getting the extra game this year, so I think if I can get to nine and eight, um, uh, you know, I think that's you know very feasible. And I think I think they're a little bit undervalued early in the season. I saw that they're already getting a little bit of a sharp buy this week, and it, and it definitely moved the line uh, up from like I think one to three. So I would say the Patriots are, are a team I'm going to look to be better than people think out of the AFC East. The Pats as a bet on team. I'm, I'm less worried about. 
win totals at this stage. If you haven't gotten sure, your win sure. total bets yeah. down now, you probably aren't yeah. going to get you're them not, down. Yeah, you're not uh, getting So we're yet. talking about teams that are going to offer value either to bet on them or bet against them right out of the gate, either an over team that's going to fly over the total or an under under the total out of the gate. Sure. And the Patriots, to me, certainly a team I'm looking to bet New England under the total on a week-in, week-out basis. I think that defense so is going to be a lot with, better so uh, you're than it was count. a year ago. Yep. <laughs> uh, and when you have a rookie quarterback, uh, and a head coach who's not likely to push the rookie quarterback into difficult situations. Uh, I think, you know, on a weekly basis, the Pats likely to be an under team. Let's talk about oh, the yeah. AFC Definitely. North. A bettable opinion in this division. What do you got for me? Yeah, so I actually, so this is this one's interesting. I'm, I'm not going to talk, I'm just going to throw this out there for context. So I took Browns under 10 and a half wins. But I think they're going to be a team that shows value, and I and starting with this weekend against the Chiefs, and I'll, I'll kind of explain why. So their road games this year, they have a really tough schedule. They're, they they all of these are road games the Browns play: Chiefs, Vikings, Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Packers, Steelers. So I, I just I don't think that they're just going to going to roll to like twelve and five, thirteen and four, like it seems like many think they will. With that being said. I think because they may face a little bit of adversity, uh, that they might be a team. Because they're, I mean, the Browns. If you look at you know position by position, they're all, I mean they're a really solid team. And I think you're already seeing it this week. I mean, I like them against the Chiefs. I took them at six. They're down to five and a half. I think they have a real chance to win this game this weekend. But what's going to happen is if they let's say they don't win this game, or maybe they cover the number but don't win, you might see the Browns you know, play a couple of tough, tough games where they fall short because they are playing, you know, a challenging schedule, especially the road games. And I think you might find that this team's a little bit undervalued come like, you know, week five or six, if they, if they fall short in some of these games that maybe they can win, but they are up against pretty good opponents. So I think though, from a, from a talent perspective, you've got an awesome offensive line, a great running game. Uh, they're, they're, they're going to be solid defensively. So I like, I, I am going to look to play on Cleveland this year. I think that, you know, if, if their spot is there now, if they come out and rattle off a four and one start, we, we might not have much Browns value after that. But if they do face adversity early, if they end up losing this game, the chiefs and they're, and they're two and two or two and three, I think there's going to be some good spots about a month from now to get some value on Cleveland. And I'll call for Baltimore right now, just because of the running back injuries. Obviously, they've lost their top three running backs in camp. They just lost Marcus Peters this past yep. week. Big injuries for the Ravens, in my opinion. You could lose every running back on the roster, and I'd still power rate you exactly the same way. Any adjustments on Baltimore power rated? You know, there's no difference between Zeke Elliott and the mm-hmm. 59th running back in the NFL. They're all exactly the same from a point spread perspective. And I think the injuries have left Baltimore a little bit undervalued. We're going to have to oh, pick sure. up the pace. We've got six minutes and six divisions. <laughs> AFC South. Right. Give me a bettable division. All right. So a bettable quickly opinion, here, uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the Titans are going to be a fade for me this year. Uh, mostly because I think people are unnecessarily high on this team. But they got worse defensively. And you want to talk about a, a tough schedule. I mean, outside of their division, which is kind of easy, they're, they're um, with, with Jaguars and Texans. They're going to play some tough games, and I think those tough games could pile up. So I'll be looking to fade the Titans, and I, I may get to the window with Arizona this weekend. Yeah, so um, when it comes to Tennessee, for me, 
My number one Titans bet, and I'm not a huge props guy, but this is the one prop that stood out to me, Derrick Henry under rushing yards. Yeah. Look at his carries last year. When yeah. you see a running back that has more than 300 carries, the next year they fall off the cliff. He had almost 400 carries a year ago. And I don't even know if that's counting the postseason. So I would expect a big drop-off from the Titans lead back. Let's go to the AFC West. Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers. What are we going to do in this division? So I'm, the Chargers are going to be a fade for me. I'll get to this more when I, when I talk about my best bet that I'm going to talk about on the show. But I, this is another team where I think they got worse defensively. Um, Hunter Henry is not there anymore, and, and he was someone her, uh, Justin Herbert had a rapport with last year. And um, I, just, I, I, I see a lot of the, the masses seem to be high on this team. So I think I'm going to find some value going the other way. But I'll, I'll save more of that for best bet because sure. and I, certainly I will be Chargers, talking about that game. The Chargers are a very hot team uh, here in Las Vegas. So are the Broncos. Um, yep. Those teams have both taken a lot of money for uh, their season wins in Denver, particularly mm-hmm. for week one. But I think that has everything to do with the matchup against the Giants. Uh, sure. I will call myself an official Bronco supporter, um, believer, <laughs> uh, in what Vic Fangio is doing in Denver. In the NFC East, Giants, Eagles, Washington, Dallas. Dallas offense looked pretty good on Thursday night. Defensively, they looked a whole lot like last year. Nah, maybe worse, because now they have Dan Quinn calling defensive plays. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some of the play calling on Thursday night was uh, head-scratching to me on the defensive side of the football. Give me a bettable opinion for this division. Well, this is going to be – this is probably giving my best bet away, and this is going to be my strongest one for anything we talk about. I am all in on the football team. I've got them every which way to win the division, season win total over. Uh, this is, to me, Washington is, is a, a bet on team all the way. Love their defense. Think they're up offense upgrades with Fitzpatrick under center, and they've got some pieces there, a good offensive line, and, and a, a, a nice stable of running backs. So I, the, I'm all in on the football team this year. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was a good quarterback last year. Last year, Flat yeah. out. He flat out didn't bench him because he wasn't good. They benched him because they wanted to see what Tua could do. Yep. But Ryan Fitzpatrick made me money a year ago. NFC mm-hmm. North, the Bears, the Lions, the Packers, the Vikings. I don't really like any of these teams. Can I fade them all? Yeah. You know what's funny that you say that? I was going to – this was the division where I feel like I have the least sort of opinion, but I kind of arrived at the same point where I was like, are any of these teams any good this year? Um, in terms of like I, – yeah, I, I would almost say they're all fades except for maybe the Lions might be a little undervalued just because people expect absolutely nothing from them. But I pick, but my biggest bet against team in this division, I think would be the Vikings. And it, I just, I did not like what I saw in the preseason out of this team at all. Um, they look, they just look weaker position by position this year than they have maybe ever under Mike Zimmer. So I, I think the Vikings, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the, uh, fortitude if you will to get to the window with the Bengals this weekend but that's certainly the only way I would play that game yeah Minnesota obviously remade their defense in the offseason but offensively from a skills and talent standpoint boy they are thin injuries for Minnesota will destroy that team pay attention Mm -hmm. NFC South Bucks Falcons Saints Panthers someone to bet on someone to bet against someone to bet over someone to bet under what are we looking at here so I don't I don't love this team week one because I I'm not going to want to lay points with this team but I think the Panthers are the bet on team in this division and I and the reason I like them so much, I like Matt Rule but I really like Joe Brady and I make this case in college and my best bet from college last week was UCLA 
plus three um, for my biggest play. And one of the big reasons, I just think that LSU has been awful since Brady's left. And I, I like him so much that I like, you know, I like him in this, uh, in this, in this Panthers organization. Uh, they drafted well. They have a, and it's like they're piling up skill players at this point. And I think, um, I think Darnold, who knows? Like he might be a lot better than than where anyone's giving him credit for because he's been that in that just atrocious Jets organization his whole career. So I, I think the Panthers could surprise some some people this year. I just don't want to lay. I'm not. They're not a team I'm going to want to lay points with, though. I'll I'll, I'll look for them in the big underdog role. So I'm not going to be on them this weekend against the Jets. But I, I they're a team that I think could have some big time value in that division. So we've got 90 seconds left before the break. We have a division to get to, a best bet to get to, and uh, you got to promo yourself. So talk fast, okay. NFC West. All right. So NFC West, I, I lean Cardinals being better than they than they are here. I kind of like them this weekend against the Titans. But I will, you know, my best bet, I love the Washington football team this weekend. Take it at my, you know, I know it's moved from plus one to minus one. I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, obviously, that's not a, a key number move, really. Um I would. I just think it's a tough spot for the Chargers, who I have downgraded from where most people have rated them. Uh, and I already talked about why I like the football team so so much. So football team pick plus one or minus one, whatever you can get at this point, is is a big play for me this weekend. Um, you can Adam find me at Wade. Rigger. Great stuff, man. Uh, uh, thank you for your debut on Cover It with Teddy Covers. We'll have you on again. Where do people find you? Talk about your Twitter. Talk about your website. Absolutely. You can find me at Wager Talk. All of my stuff exclusively at Wager Talk now. Um, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I'm, I'm firing stuff out on Twitter every day, and I give a lot of stuff out for free. Uh, and that is my handle is at TopFlightSI. And I host a show called The Hustle once a week, Wednesdays, 6 p.m., with Drew Martin, who's also on, on Sports Memo or Wager Talk, and then our friend Chris Thurston. And you can find that at Hustle Show Pod. Adam Trigger, thank you so much for joining me today early on a Sunday. We'll do it again next time. Cover it continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to hang out with me and my guest again, Adam Trigger. Let me give you guys a free play for today. A bettable opinion for the NFL opening day on Sunday. And, I mean, this one's simple to me. Jacksonville and Houston. The ugliest game on the board, right? Total's 45 and a half in that game. All right. I understand... Both of these defenses are suspect. Very suspect. Okay, two bad defenses. I'm with you. But let's start with this. Trevor Lawrence had zero preseason game time with any of his starting receivers. He's a rookie quarterback making his NFL debut on the highway. Maybe they take a couple of shots downfield. They probably will. Lawrence can throw it downfield. They have some big playmakers. I would not be surprised if the Jacksonville Jaguars take some shots. But I would also not be surprised if the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't efficient with those shots. I would not be surprised if Jacksonville Jaguars struggle to execute in the red zone. You know, this is a team primed to settle for field goals. 
early on, like most teams with rookie quarterbacks, even with number one overall draft choices. Now, the Texans' first-string offense couldn't move the football at all in August. I mean, not even a little bit. The starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, I love Tyrod Taylor for one reason. He's extraordinarily predictable. Okay, some quarterbacks, you get to a great A game this week, a F game next week, and you're like, who is this guy? Tyrod Taylor's a C every time he's out there. He's never met a safe check down throw that he didn't like. This is not a quarterback who stretches defenses. Texans lack playmakers to stretch the defense. And expect Houston, like Jacksonville, to struggle putting touchdowns on the board in the red zone. I'm not convinced the winner here gets to 20, let alone these two teams combining for 46, 47, or more points. Look at the under between the Texans and the Jaguars, the ugliest and most boring game on the NFL schedule for week one. Hey, let it be as boring. I hope it's very boring because I like the under in this one. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for hanging around. We'll do it again tomorrow, next week, right here on Covering with Teddy Covers. Those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail.